0: Welcome to the Companies to Watch show. I'm Kevin Harrington, the creator of the infomercial. I'm also one of the original sharks on the hit TV show, Shark Tank. But now I'm helping innovate leaders like you become equipped with the knowledge you need to more than 100x your success. For more than 30 years, I've been empowering entrepreneurs and innovative business leaders to turn dreams into mind-boggling reality. On this show, we talk with guests and reveal the secrets to help push past all your questions and excuses, empowering you to achieve success. Stick around to the end of the show, where we'll reveal how you can be our next guest on one of the fastest growing entrepreneurial podcasts on the planet in 15 to 20 minutes. Let's go.
1: Hello and welcome to the companies to watch show. I'm Jeff, and today we have the privilege of talking to an experienced CEO with a demonstrated history of experience in the consumer goods industry, and for nearly the past decade has built Kombucha Town to what it is today. Here's founder and CEO Chris McCoy. Welcome to the show.
2: Hi, thanks for having
1: me. I'm glad that you're here. Now, tell us tell us all about Kombucha Town. What do you guys obviously your kombucha? I assume the drink is part of this, but tell us a little bit about kind of your specialties and what you guys do
2: great well so we i actually founded kombucha town back in 2011 uh, so as far as kombucha company go, goes we've been in the game for a while mm-hmm. um, Been kind of innovators in the industry throughout we've had several firsts to the industry so in 2014 we brought the first live kombucha to market in a can uh, before it was all glass and plastic bottles that was one of the innovations that we've we've kind of created and brought to market Uh, as as well as a shelf-stable live kombucha. That's something that most kombuchas had to be refrigerated. So we have, in 2017, we launched that. And then last year, we launched a live seltzer, which is a seltzer water product with our raw kombucha cultures in it. So it's actually a, a seltzer water product that's zero sugar, just one or two calories, and all the benefits of kombucha as well. So that's meant to appeal to a much wider demographic than just kombucha drinkers. And so really, we focus on innovation, as well as environmentalism is one of our primary core values. And that's something that, personally, I grew up in rural Colorado on a cattle ranch in the mountains and then moved to Bellingham, Washington on the Puget Sound, which is where our facility is, and I've lived most of my life. And so just had a very strong tie to the environment and wanting to protect that. And so it's actually the original reason to go to camps, because they're much more environmentally friendly and lower impact. Uh, But also we have a partnership with uh, one tree planted, which is a company that plants trees on our behalf for every case sold online, it also has incentives for other campaigns that we have, such as uh, crowd crowdfunding campaigns and things like that. So that's kind of like the quick and dirty of what we do and and where we started. That's awesome.
1: And so, uh, that, that's neat that you grew up on a cattle ranch. Can you tell me what? Let's go back. Let's 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 get in the time machine for a minute. What what took you from the cattle ranch to Washington?
2: So, yeah, originally uh, I grew up near Ridgeway, Colorado. It's kind of in between Telluride and Uray, Colorado. That's 8,600 feet elevation. So very high rural place. My family, my dad actually worked for Delta Airlines at uh, Telluride Airport. And then once my brother and I became more adolescent aged, uh, there wasn't a lot to do other than like tip cows and drink as a teenager. so <laughs> And make babies at a young age. So my parents saw that and they they relocated us to bellingham washington which is much more of a it's kind of a progressive hippie community honestly but being nestled between seattle and vancouver canada there's a lot of cool opportunities for culture and community and 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 more natural beauty as well so uh they moved the whole family up to bellingham washington in 1996 so i've been here most of my life now and still love and are very fond of colorado as kind of my roots but bellingham's definitely where I'm from.
1: Sure. Sure. Well, tell me a little bit about what you were doing before you started the company. Like what, what brought you into kombucha making?
2: So let's see, I went to did my undergraduate at Western Washington University, which is in Bellingham. I studied economics and environmental studies. And so I had a roommate, his name was also Chris, um, but he had dreadlocks and he didn't like wearing shoes. And so, so he turned me on to kombucha for the first time. In college, I was drinking a ton of coffee, a lot of Sobey energy. I had a weird, huge collection of the caps that had weird phrases on them. I don't know why I thought that was cool, but I did. Uh, And so that was sort of wreaking havoc on my energy level, my mental and physical performance. And after trying kombucha, that alleviated a lot of those situations and kind of transformed my health into something that was like much more productive, much much better sleep, much better energy levels. And so personally, that's why I started like, consuming kombucha and really appreciating the value that it had. And then he taught me how to brew kombucha. And so I did that throughout college. And eventually after I graduated in 2010, I was looking for different opportunities, you know, evaluating, was it grad school or a economics job for the government or being a professional kiteboarder, or dropping an album on my guitar, <laughs> all these early 20 something life goals. Right? Sure. Sure. So, I uh, it, But at the time, I'd been brewing a lot of kombucha and sharing it, actually, had, I had people who were like, where can I buy this? Like, I want this. This is good. And so I, I had also seen, since I studied economics, some kind of initial marketing indicators of an emerging market with more stores carrying kombucha, more brands being available on the market. And so that got my sort of entrepreneurial brain uh, oriented around, oh, this is something that's growing. It could be a big, uh, big pretty lucrative business opportunity. So I actually sold my kayak that I was using just as, you know, for fun uh, to fund the first iteration of kombucha town, which is a five gallon, some five gallon buckets to start brewing larger batches in. Um, And so, yeah, that's kind of what started it. And also another, another big reason behind it was very much that, you know, I had been kind of just working full time at different gigs. I had a lot of restaurant jobs. I did a lot of construction jobs and that required me to be, you know, work a full time schedule either at the restaurant or on a job site. And in 2011, which was just a year after my, my I graduated, my mom started having some serious cognitive issues, and so we kind of decided, as friends and family collectively, that the best option would be to have her move in with me, which was not exactly my life goal at the time, being mm. one year out of college. Uh, but you know, our father, my father, had passed away several years before. And so I was kind of the best option for a healthy and sustainable place for her to to live. And so starting the business actually enabled me to be very flexible and include her in it as a sort of a family business. And so she helped wash bottles. Originally, we used all glass reusable growlers. She also worked at the farmers markets and hung out, stuff like that. It was very simple, but easy for her to be engaged and me to be able to help. Take make sure her needs were met and she was safe, but also create an economic opportunity for myself and to support her. So it's that's kind amazing. of a lot, but yeah. Um, yeah, that's, that's really what started it. And since it's really snowballed into this, you know, it's, we're still a, a relatively small brand, but I think we've definitely been a thought leader and an innovator in the industry and hopefully post COVID people are actually really interested in consuming more healthy products. So I think that's uh, a good silver lining for us that, Will mean f- more future success.
1: Yeah, and I mean to be to have been doing this for almost a decade now. Tell me a little bit about what you guys have kind of done to to find success to to kind of set yourselves apart from maybe competitors or, or to have that kind of longevity.
2: Yeah, so a lot of it really comes from observing the market. Uh, we've been in we've been a we're a founding member of what's called Kombucha Brewers International. So it's in, it's a big industry group that. Has when it started actually in 2013, we were one of I believe 20 members of that group. Now it has at least 500, I think closer to a thousand members with satellite organizations in five continents. So it's grown a lot. Like yeah, the proliferation of the idea of kombucha and as a commercial opportunity has been pretty tremendous. So, being a member of that, having good close relationships with the founders and the the executives of that organization, have really helped me kind of keep a, a finger on a pulse of what's relevant, what the trends are. And so, with that, I've formulated my products around that, and I've been able to innovate. Honestly, as almost a little ahead of its time, I've been told that. I don't really like touting that of myself, but. <laughs> we've definitely done a few things that were kind of too soon, like kombucha in a can. People weren't really ready for it back in 2014 Hmm. and by 2018, there's a dozen brands that do it. And some of them are backed by Coke and Pepsi. And so then I'm like, oh crap, you stole my idea, you know? Um, So, so there's definitely been a bit of that, but it has enabled a a great amount of success for us for building brand awareness. Um, You know, it actually, It it drove us into becoming a national brand two years ahead of when we thought we would be, um, which causes its own sort of trials and tribulations in a having a tiger by the tail kind of situation. So got beat up by that for sure. (laughs) And now I've been kind of taking those learnings and continuing to hone in the products around what I see is the consumer trends and what retailers are asking for and looking for and what consumers are asking for. And COVID definitely was a big, I think all said and done it's going to be at least a solid two year sort of not necessarily totally diversion, but definitely feels like I've had to take a quite a few steps back to, to figure out, okay, all these food, all these food service mo- models that we did really well in at like college campuses and universities, uh, and healthcare facilities, transportation, like the ferry system, all that got shut down. So it's given me a good good time to really focus in on what, like you said, what is it that makes us successful, and how can we capitalize that? So I feel better positioned than ever to to really grow and proliferate and compete with some of the bigger brands having gone through a lot of those, those learnings.
1: Yeah. Tell, tell us a little bit about those learnings. You said when you went national that it was, you kind of got beat up a little bit. Tell me a little bit about what you wish you'd known then. Like, what do you know now that would have made that a different experience?
2: Uh, really? A lot of it would be that, you know, just getting in a lot of, a lot of my sales experience as well. Once you're in, you're in, you're good and to different grocery store chains and places and retailers like that. And so like Wegmans is a classic example of in the food industry. If you get into Wegmans, it's like you're, you're made. Mm-hmm. And so we did, I got into Wegmans with like two phone calls, you know, and they ordered a half a truck in their initial order. And then come to find out two weeks later, they launched their own private label brand and they shut down all of the advertising opportunities for us who just got on their shelf. Mm-hmm. So, had I known that I wouldn't have diverted so much of my resources to supporting that might not have, might've waited on even doing business with them, knowing that my hands would be tied to help develop that, you know? Mm -hmm. So there's a lot of things that you've got to really take into consideration around how you're positioned strategically and what, you know, you're putting a lot of the control of your business into the hand of the hands of the people that you're selling your products through. And so you need to make sure that those those priorities are aligned because if you don't, then you can end up really. In that situation, we had a decent amount of product expire, so we just had to essentially. You can either donate it or some of it got destroyed. So that's something that you know you mm-hmm. don't want to do. So now I'm much more upfront and forthright with potential retail partners about what's the long-term strategic plan here because. Before I was just like, get in wherever I can, whenever I can to try and get the money in the door to keep growing. And now it's much more around, okay, does this fit into our strategic plan? How can this be a long-term partnership? And that's something that is much better and much more sustainable from from my experience than just shooting from the hip.
1: <laughs> yeah. Well, one of the things I, I, I find interesting is that you've been doing this for 10 years. And I got to be honest, like, I hadn't really even heard, uh, started hearing a lot about kombucha. Like it's really kind of entered the popular culture right now. It's very popular amongst friends of mine. Like I'm hearing about it a lot more now than I had ever heard before. I did. I thought it was a fairly new product. Uh, for uh, first, let's say there there are listeners out there who are like me or who have heard of this but have, had never tried it before. Tell us a little bit about what is kombucha, kind of where did it originate.
2: That's a great thing to to know about when we're talking about it, right? Because it's still not a mainstream thing. So the easiest, I guess the roots of kombucha really date back to, based on our knowledge, about 200 BC in Eastern to Mongolian China. So that's where the first sort of recorded evidence of the fermented tea products that it now is modern kombucha has been found sense you can sort of see how it proliferates both east and west because there's strong reports of it being used both in russian and european cultures as well as into more eastern cultures and so it's been really cool how it's kind of proliferated throughout uh, the global society as this what was initially medicine it was known as the elixir of everlasting life in sort of ancient bc china uh, and now it's now it's become it, really a mainstream commercial fad and an economic opportunity. And the biggest part of that, really, from a what-is-it standpoint, is it's very easy to make. You just brew sweet tea, which is essentially tea and sugar, and then you need a culture. So you have to get the culture from somewhere else. So ultimately, the, all kombucha is somehow related to that original culture. I have this weird sort of sci-fi fantasy that it was some sort of alien that came down and was like, I'm going to save the humans. (laughs) But, you know, that's just kind of a fun thing to think about. But regardless, yeah, so all cultures have been sort of cultivating and evolving along with humans during this whole time. And so that culture, the reason that we like it is that it's created, uh, it's based on a symbiotic colony of yeast and bacteria, which if you know anything about the microbiome, there are, are a huge host of cells in our bodies that are yeast and bacteria that actually outnumber our cells that are based on our DNA. And so it's a really important factor of how we are in tune with our environment, how our immune systems work, how our hormones work, tons of different like important attributes of health. Um, And so with that, those yeast and those bacteria, those live cultures go in and they really optimize your digestive tract what they do is make it so you can absorb a lot more of the nutrition from the food that you eat. And you can also eliminate a lot more of the toxins. And it just alleviates a lot of the pressure on your body's systems to have to do that hard work to heal, to build, to recover. And so that's what you feel. Um, you know, it also has trace amounts of caffeine from the tea. Um, and that's, that's something that gives you this little energy boost, but it's all very natural caffeine. And so it's much more sustainable than, say so the energy drinks or the coffee like I was drinking when I first learned about kombucha. And uh, yeah, so that's that's really, you know, the stimulating more nutrition and eliminating more toxins is something that just makes your body a lot easier. It's like, if you, I guess a good way to think about it from like a common analogy would be like, if you want your body to run like, uh, like a finely tuned machine, you're going to need some higher octane fuel <laughs> to mm. maintain that, you know? And so it's like yeah. the difference of like gas for your everyday, like economy vehicle versus gas for a Ferrari, which would you prefer? So, you know, that's something that I, tr- I try and create. It's, it is definitely an educational process because I don't think that, and I haven't seen a brand yet that has inspired the kombucha concept and story to become a household name. So Mm -hmm. that is my goal for kombucha town. It's a, it's, you know, it's a longer, more sort of arduous path. uh, But I do think that it could have a a large benefit on society to help alleviate some of the issues that are caused by very concentrated sugary beverage consumption. You look at juice and soda. I mean, I grew up on juice and soda. Pretty much everybody did. So if we can inspire future generations not to the big issues like, obesity, heart disease, all sorts of things that are caused from that can be a, a much less impactful in our lives. So that's the super duper high level with a little bit of backstory uh, mm-hmm. and uh, basic sort of nutrition behind why it's, why it's good for you. People, it makes people feel good. That's the thing. That's why people love it is like, I drink it and I feel good. And if you can, if it tastes good too, that's the real key. So that's, I think that's what helps us stand apart and why we've been able to really make it through all these different so sort of disruptions and being very early to the game without a lot of resources. Because I've bootstrapped this whole thing. You know, we had to sell the farm in Colorado to keep this thing going and to support my mom. You know, and so it's like definitely been a uh, brick and mortar style, I guess, business venture <laughs> has become unusual, like not as common as big people with careers and venture capital coming in and launching and spinning up these brands really quickly. So. I've had to learn a lot Um, and I'm hoping to inspire and educate people to consume better products and do cool stuff in a similar manner.
1: Yeah. What are you most excited about for the future of kombucha town? You've got some new products that you've developed, right?
2: Yeah. So we've got our live seltzer. So these are the, these are the pilot cans is like what a can looks like before it actually gets manufactured. Um, So this is really exciting. This is sort of a new to market opportunity for us and something that isn't really on the market yet. There's a lot of seltzer waters on the market and the growth is tremendous. It's actually, I just saw the data this morning, it's almost 10 times the growth of kombucha right now. So that's exciting. And so getting into that marketplace and inspiring more people to get more function out of just their basic water consumption is really exciting to me. It's something that most of most of humanity, it's definitely Americans are just chronically dehydrated, which causes all sorts of pain and headaches and things. So. To help alleviate that, like from a value level, is really exciting. And economically, it, you know, with opportunities like this and other other cool media outlets, like we should be able to, to grow the business pretty substantially through that. Uh, we're also opening up our business model through equity crowdfunding. So that's something that's exciting where we can have anybody for as little as $250 come in, invest in the brand, participate in the growth of the brand. You know, it's another way that I'm always looking for ways to disrupt. So, even in our ownership model and our fundraising model, I'm looking for ways to include more people to to bolster diversity because that's just to me it's a it's the way of the future. Yeah, it's probably ahead of its time. It might be easier to just take a ten million dollar check from Coca Cola and walk away, but that would that never inspired me. Um, so I'm trying to stay inspired and stay focused on my values and create more awesome products. We have a, a several year roadmap of cool products like a kids line, a sports like. Uh, recovery line and maybe even some alcoholic beverages because uh, kombucha does naturally have some alcohol. So the hard kombucha space is something that I've kind of avoided because alcoholic beverages inherently kind of cause problems in people's lives. But I'm not opposed to, to getting venturing into that space if we can make a high quality product. So those are some of the ideas that we have. And, uh, you know, we just look forward to getting the word out there as well because I think more now than ever, people are going to be looking for healthy, healthy beverages as a part of their diet, and it's a great way to replace other kind of snacking, which can cause problems with your health and and with just the environment and society as well. So that's sure. that's what keeps me going.
1: That's awesome. No, it sounds great, and you're clearly passionate about it. We appreciate you sharing this. Before I let you go, I do want to give you a chance to tell everybody how they can find it, where they can get more information, and that kind of stuff.
2: Great. Our website has a. a, a ton of information as far as the team, the products, you can buy all our products in six or 12 packs online, as well as variety packs. Uh, you can also get all our shelf stable products on amazon.com. So that's an easy way. Uh, there's also a store locator on our website. So you can see right now, we're pretty concentrated on the Pacific Northwest. We do have a handful of accounts in other markets. Um, also, if you're interested in our product, you can request our product at a store that you shop at. That was something that's really helpful to our business and our sales. And uh, for anybody that's that's listening, I offer a, a promo code of KTFAN. That's capital K-T, lowercase fan. And that gets you a 50% off discount code so you can try our products. Um, so, yeah, that's a great way to, to learn about it. And, you know, feel free to reach out to me as well Chris at com. I'm always doing my best to respond to everybody that has questions as timely as I can. So,
1: All right. On. Thanks so much for being on the show today. We appreciate
2: it. Hey, thank you very much. Take
1: care. And thank you for listening to another The Companies to Watch show. We'll see you next time.
0: Kevin Harrington here. And I want to thank you for listening to The Companies to Watch show. Now, if you're a successful entrepreneur, CEO, innovator, or startup on the rise, and you'd like to be considered for this program, please visit kevinharringtontv slash podcast2 slash Apply. Now, if you got something out of this interview, would you like to share this episode on your social media? Just do a quick screenshot with your phone and text it to a friend or post it on the socials. If you know someone who would be a great guest, tag them on social media to let them know about the show and include the hashtag, companies to watch the show. My team and I love seeing your posts and guest suggestions, and we are regularly Putting out new episodes and content. But make sure you don't miss out on any episodes ahead, just subscribe. And your thumbs up, ratings, and reviews go a long way to help promote the show. It means a lot to me and my team. If you want to know more, go to our website, kevinharrington.tv, or follow me on LinkedIn, Facebook, or Instagram. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next time.